So, good morning. Good morning. So it's our second podcast of the second season. Yep. In the second month of the year. In the in the eve of the Super Bowl. Eve of the Super Bowl, second month of the twenty year two thousand twenty two. Yep. Are you a, a Rams fan or? I'm a... A sort of a Rams fan. I mean, I'm a native Southern Californian. Um, I did go to some Rams games growing up, but really I was a Raiders uh, person. My dad took me to Raiders games. You like it rough, huh? <laughs> That's sort of the topic of the day, isn't it, Rob? That is true. So I think it's a good lead-in for our topic, right? What's uh, We have another listener question. We have a listener's question. We're, we're down to the bottom of the barrel on the listener questions, but yep. it's, a, it's a good one. Um, so I'll read it out, and then we can kind of summarize it, and we can get right into it. So, Sensei, the, the, the listener question is, and I'm going to read it off, um, it says, um, Dear Sensei, I would like to hear about uh, a somewhat controversial but recurring topic about the Sensei who imparts um, to their, their, their Aikido teachings with light blows or physical <laughs> abuse to their students, justifying that this is an effective method to awaken the conscious, the conscience and eliminate the fear of the student. What is your opinion on this? So basically what I understand this meaning is, um, can you hit your students? And what's the, is it good to hit your students? In other words, does hitting your student teach the student? Oh, yeah. It teaches, it, hitting the student, well, maybe I should uh, caveat this. Like, I do not believe in hitting the student Okay. I have hit students in the past. But you don't anymore. I haven't in a long time. And like, I realize today the error of my ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do understand the rationale behind hitting Okay, so assuming that we, we don't hit students in our school. You don't hit students. But, I do not. But, the, but the, just to back up for a second, assuming that we're going to discuss this, we can, we can do a hypothetical and say hypothetically what the value is of hitting a student heavily qualifying this. Yeah. So if if we play the devil's advocate, I don't know why the devil needs an advocate. <laughs> All he wants is your soul. One comedian said. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the thing about it is like if you, the, it, it is from a generation gone by and it was a very effective technique. Why is, why was hitting, why is, why is giving negative reinforcement? Uh, how, how does that work? Um, as a teaching tool. Well, the thing is that in the old days, there was this immediacy. You, you, were, you, know, you only learn martial arts in a clan or family. And you're going to be using that martial arts, uh, bukiwaza, weapons technique, whatever it is, on the battlefield soon. And so you, got, you have to, you got to get them into the mindset to learn, absorb right away. And so... The thing about it is it's all it comes down to like subconscious programming. Okay. The fastest way to get you into that subconscious state, bam, cross the face. Wake you up. Not wake you up. Well, it wakes you up, but it that fear drops you in drops your nervous system uh, into a lower brain brainwave state so that you can just you're absorb alert. you're alert, you're absorbing information because you're so afraid. Mm. So is that what, so I look, I'm looking at the question again because something you just said struck me where he says light blows or physical abuse. It doesn't say, I don't, it doesn't I don't, say clock the person. Light blows, hard blows, all the same. Yeah. So you might as well just do it hard. Right. So like if you, 
you know, like if you just go like across the face, it's it may not be strong enough. Or it could, see the thing is, soft or hard, it could still be humiliating. So how does, it's one thing that keeps coming to my mind with this, and maybe it's a tangent you're going to slap me back off of, but isn't this sort of like how um, when people learn through, through adversity, like if you fail or you, you're doing something in life, you hear about this a lot about people, especially like really rich people or really successful people, they don't tell you like how, what a great childhood they had. They don't tell you about, you know, how, many, how much candy they had as a child or how many pairs of shoes they had. They tell you, like, I had one pair of shoes. I, I suffered my entire life, and, and that's how I got strong. Or like David Goggins, he'll tell you, like, I weighed 500 pounds. You know, I had to, I had to run on broken shins. Um, I wonder, like, is there an element of this is that you have to suffer? There is. There's this element of suffering. It's also natsukashi, like uh, sentimental. Mm -hmm. Oh man, you know, I I didn't even have a right arm back then. I have one now, but <laughs> so I you guys you guys don't know what it's like. Yeah. But the thing is it's a generation past, right? Feeling as Mike Van Ruth would say, feelings, who issued you those? Because one of the, what I think of when I read this is, I mean I'm sure you have stories too, is like my I'm raising a Catholic family. My parents went to Catholic school and they went to Catholic school in the forties and 50s and they were routinely beaten by nuns and priests with when they were little children they were not bad kids but they said like if you were out of line the nuns would come by with a stick and they would you had to put your hands on the table wham and yeah. smack them like crazy and that was the learning environment they had as little not adults yeah. little children but see, what, what was the learning environment that they're trying to create discipline no fear fear creates adherence Right. Which creates, quote unquote, discipline. Right. Right. But then the thing is that works for a certain group of people. Anyone outside that, 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 group. that group, the standard deviation of that 1% or whatever it is, those people fall by the wayside. Right. Because not everyone learns that way. So the thing is, is that if I want to teach you something, I want you to be paying attention and listening to whatever I say. Hi, hi, sensei, hi. So that's adherence. But if you go, well, I don't know, if you're looking off in the space, you're not really listening, you think this person's not listening. And so, like, this, you're creating a distraction. But the thing is that just because the person doesn't look you in the eye or is looking away or asks a question doesn't mean they're not learning. Right. But the thing is, in the past, it was too disruptive to have two, two or three different types of learning groups. Right. Right, because we're going to battle in 60 days we're going to meet we're going to march out and meet these guys in 60 days you got to learn these techniques you got to learn how to use this halberd right and so what shut up bam cross the face yeah and then you're like because everybody's trying to learn so no distractions right because learn, and also learn only one thing in a certain way in a certain way yeah today it's not like that we yeah. know there's all these different ways to learn you can learn um visually uh <clears throat> emotionally auditory kinesthetic Right through taste, through hearing, to smell, all these different ways to learn right. that they didn't. Right. Have and we're in the more past. inclusive for all types of human beings. Well, yeah, because we're because um, we're more enlightened. We're more learned, right? We know, we understand the psyche, we understand the the id, the that's the inner child, you know, all those different things. And we're not trying to create soldiers out of every human being, right? But if you were trying to create soldiers. Right. So I got another question for this. This I actually think this question is a great question for a martial arts school. One of the things I was thinking is. Um, I know when my mom and dad had me and my sister, my mom said to my father, no hitting. No, I, we, we were hit, but no hitting. 
But I think there's another level to violence because it's, it's, it's in our culture now. People talk about microaggressions and how verbal attacks are violence. Yeah. I was raised that you could say anything and it's nonviolence. Like, right. Well, you could say anything because as long as they're not hitting you. Right. I was told, like, look, and I was also raised, like, look, if you have to get in a fist fight, get in a fist fight. Not a problem. But we were also told, like, look, you, anything that says anything to you, it's not, it's not violence. But today, uh, a lot of stuff is verbal is violence. But I don't want to get into that. What I was going to ask you is, though, specifically to, like, martial arts schools, is have we gone to the this sort of this other level where – we can be violent in our words, uh, in terms of teaching. Is there? Have oh, we? Yeah, yeah. Have we? That's what I wanted to ask. That's the. That's the. Is new that slapping. the new? Is that the new violence? Is is well, our the, words? Well, that's the newer. That's the new violence, but it's there's no longer the new thing is you don't do that. But, okay. So you have a generation one two generations ago was the slap, that's the physical violence, right? Physical. Um, and we uh, stopped that. Yeah, the slap to create adherence. And then it went from there to the verbal slap of adherence. And now we, we don't do that. We try to reason with you because you're a learned person. So if I explain it to you in a certain sense where, look, I understand that you were hurt as a child, but we don't do that blah, 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 and all these things. It's just been easier to go, you want to fight somebody? You fight me. Bam! Across the face. Right. And, you know, <clears throat> we, come from a, we, come of a very, we come from a very strict tradition. And there are times when Frius, I heard Frius go, you want to fight somebody? Fight me. And as a student, I picked that same thing up. And then when I became the dojo enforcer, I was like, you want to fight somebody? Fight me. Right. You want to throw that person down? I'm right here. Right. You know, or I'd say to people like, hey, um, like, like I would see a visitor would come and, and beat up like a kid or, or someone. And you have to step in. And I would step in. I'd be like, onigashimasu. And then I would just cream that So person. do you think that... that for a martial arts school in the twenty whatever the twenty one hundred the twenty one hundreds, um, for it to be effective, that it needs someone who has to carry the violence around. That's the hard part, because it violence, seems like it does. Someone's got to hold the violence in a bucket to well, protect it, right? Well, they got, that's that's true, right? What's the old saying? It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. But that's the hard part today, right? Like, war is only for young people. That's why they chose them at 19. And then in the 19, is that that song from the 80s? Yeah, yeah. They chose them at 19 because those people don't know any better. Right. They're just run off into the, and do the thing. Today, you couldn't get 19-year-olds to do that. They're way more... Um, self-reflective. Self-reflective or woke, as they say, that they're like, I'm not going to kill anybody. But in those days, you're like, go kill those people. And they're like, all right. Except for the people who self-select in a professional army. Right, right. But I mean, we're talking about like drafting these people. No, no, I, I get, I totally get what you're saying. So that's uh, this idea that if you're going to have to do some violence on someone, you want them to be around a certain age. Right. Because they don't know any better. But once you get older, you know it better. Right. I know if I punch someone in the face, closed fist, I'm probably going to break my hand. hand. And I, you know, I got to go to work on Monday. So... Yeah, I'll just do open hand that thing. No, not that you would do that, but <clears throat> <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was thinking: is don't close your fist. But but see, and then but the next level is I'm gonna just open hand them, and then the next level is like oh, I got to go to work on Monday. I can't go to jail. Right, you can right? start escalate, escalate, escalate. Yeah, and then it gets to a certain place where it goes uh, de-escalate, de-escalate, de-escalate. Right. right, and so even the you know the philosophy of Aikido is just one of nonviolence, right? So you you know that that's a very um, common 
philosophy for Aikido, right? I read an I read an article about the the creator of Krav Maga, mm -hmm. who said something like the fact that the the goal of the martial of a martial arts to become so strong that you don't have to hurt people. They go, oh, doesn't that sound like I, Aikido? But I thought they were the the you know they're the, they're the killers. They're super you know, effective street guys. <clears throat> but so that that kind of still leaves us with the question of we think that this the, the question that the person's asking you know is there a place for um, violence to teach we sort of we sort of said like no we don't do violence uh, on students but does this still lurk in any dojo today does it lurk in our dojo oh, yeah, anyway it lurks in every dojo it does right but it's it we are becoming how, how does it lurk like how, it, like how, like if it's like this fish that every once in a while pops above the surface how would it pop above the surface in our dojo? Unintentionally or accidentally? Well, usually it's done now in a chicken S-H-I-T way. Okay. Right? Because then you do it in a way in which, oh, sorry about that. Or you throw them once hard. So one time we had this visitor come. And I was on the, in the doghouse with Furu Sensei. And this guy came and he was muscling everybody in the room. And then I threw him super hard once. And then three more times, like Easy. super soft. Yeah. And then he got up and he's like, what? Oh my God, you're so good. You got to just give it to me. And I go, uh, Aikido's not, not about that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and then after that, like he totally changed his down. vibe and his tone. And then afterwards, Furio Sensei said, hey, how was class? And he's like, oh, it was really good. And he's like, the students here are so good. Especially that guy. He's the best. And then like the, 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 um, wave of people split and he's like pointing at me and then because since he's mad at me he was like like all mad and he's like he wouldn't I want him to throw me harder and he wouldn't you know but that's that thing like automatically there's no competition on Aikido but then automatically there's competition it creates competition but then that same um, thing is what that microaggressions passive aggressive thing where I throw you down hard as you're as the atemi is the hidden slap yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to throw you that hard. Like we were, we were trained to go like this. Bam. Oh, sorry about that. Bam. Oh, oh sorry about that. But inside yeah. we're going like. Have you ever, so this is, maybe this is a question about violence. I mean, I have in my mind, I have my own examples, but I'm just curious from your perspective or maybe not perspective, not the right word, experience. So um, you've been doing Aikido 30 years or more. 32 next 32 next years. Month. So it's 32 years. Um, I know the. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm, this is more just a question for you to, an opportunity for you to talk about your experience. How many times do you think in those thirty years have you actually used a temi to get people to comply in a technique? I oh, all the other time. than the time when you hit me during <laughs> oh, Koki no, all the time. I I used, I used to hit people all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> right in the stomach. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, chop. Cut, uh, cut really hard. Now, when down. we when we were younger, um, and Furia was teaching, did you conceal it, or did were you? I mean, were you sneaky about it, or no, were you pretty much like I'm just going to unload on these people? I I, I mean, did, I can imagine some of the techniques you used to do, like Yakuhanmi, um, uh, Ikkyo, and it was some of your like t techniques you really like to do it on. But I'm just curious, like, was did you hide it? I didn't. I didn't actually use. A whole lot of te a temi. Yeah. Because I have two things which 
don't work well with a Temi. I'm fast and I have really good footwork. And so, so the, you know, the timing doesn't work with don't, it. Don't need the Atemi. Yeah. But getting back to the question though, mm -hmm. right? You use, you use this hit, you use this physical abuse and all those things to create adherence. Right. Right. And so I, you, one time we were, we were doing, uh, the class was starting and Sensei was doing the warm up himself. Hmm. And the student in the middle of the warm up just goes, Bruh! and then in my mind, I go, I'm going to hose this person. And then I just smash that person. Yeah. Right. But the, but the thing is that that's, that's that level of abuse, physical abuse. Right. Today, I, and today I'd be like, come on, man. I would just say, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. And then afterwards, or I would take him aside and be like, hey, that's inappropriate. You know, and then someone later on told me that that same person told him, oh, yeah, I come to the dojo all the time drunk. And then he was just a bit drunk. We just didn't mm. know it. But that's that thing. Like, you hit the student to uh, one of two things, to wake them up or to get them into that subconscious state. Yeah, so one of the things I wanted to ask you about in this is it's, it's not directly related to Aikido, but I mean, I, I'm not a, a Zen practitioner. I don't think you are. But do you think that maybe some of the, the history of where this is coming from and where it may come from in martial arts is that is that in the Zen tradition there is this um, practice of hitting the Zen students to awaken them? Do you think that has any... It, 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 you know, it, it is it is definitely probably from that tradition where they hit you, they kill Saku, bam, and then, you know, they come up and they touch you on the shoulder, and then you bow, and then they hit you. They don't just, like, beat you. But they, they hit you. They hit you with, a like, a thud. It just goes like that. But they don't go, like, whack. Yeah, they're not killing you. They're just, no. They're just kind of, like... But it's supposed to it's supposed to wake up your spirit, right, because they see you getting a little bit drowsy or whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, people could do it from from that Zen point of view, right? But then are, how many of these people are Zen priests? Zen? Well, our teacher was. Well, but I mean, other people, right? Yeah. No, so what I, I'm talking about, like, maybe in our tradition, whether there could be some element of that. Could be, could be. But I don't prescribe to that. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a Zen um, aficionado. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't prescribe to hitting people. I, dude, I want to. People do stuff, <laughs> and I just go, oh, all right, man. But then now... I mean, I also, I do something different. Mm -hmm. Like one time I went to this dojo and I was teaching and, you know, nobody's doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm looking around and then the, for, at the very first, when it started happening, I just went, ah, forget these people. Right. And then I'm not teaching them anything. And I went, no, don't be like that. So I just changed the technique to something that's really rough. And then I just went around the room roughing every person up. And then like that. Everybody's paying attention. Mm. So, when you say that when you rough people up, was it that people had to pay attention because they were getting physically um, active, like their bodies were getting thrown down? They were getting thrown down, and then I would just jam their technique and then reverse their techniques, and then I just went around dominating every person in the room, and then after that, every person was like, "Yes, sensei." Mm. But then that's not the right way either. But the whole part of this whole student-teacher interaction, they invite me out to teach a class, they should pay attention and learn, right? I teach my best, they, te they learn to their best. Yeah. But if I'm there teaching and they're not learning to their best, it's part of me just goes, why even come here? You're wasting my time. As Fru Sensei would say, I don't want to waste your time, you don't want to waste my time. But then in that moment, I just lost my temper and I was like, okay, this side's going to be, 
all right, it's game time. And so I just switched the technique to something really, really rough. And then, you know, I like it rough, but then they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't take it to the level to rough me up. And so then after that, they just adhere. They're like, oh, hike, sensei, whatever you want. Do you think that there are any schools today that are still doing this? It's no. Still, it's over. There might be. And then it's, oh, oh, we are rough and we do all those things. Two reasons why they don't exist. Internet, social media transparency, uh, litigation. Mm. Either of those two things get out. You're done. School's over. Doesn't matter for what reason. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The, oh, we signed a contract. Says, Bill says you signed a contract. Says I can hit you. Doesn't matter. The, the, the court of public opinion would destroy your school. And so you, I could do it, but then you were saying, yes, 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 hit me now. But it could easily be later on, you go, well, I never said yes. I, mm. And then, you know, he, he um, you know, held my car keys, so I had to, like, let him hit me. You know, whatever, whatever reason you're going to come up with. And then I'm like, no, no, no. So let me ask you a question. Uh, it's, it's this, for this, you. I mean, you know I'm a lawyer, so I mean, automatically my brain is, like, kind of, like, turning gears. I mean... We, this school teaches martial arts. People get hit. Mm. So um, without becoming overly legal about this, how does one distinguish between a punitive blow and a blow that's given as part of the practice? Well, punitive blow is just, listen to what I'm saying, Bill. Across okay. the face. All right. Okay. Right. So in my own Aikido teaching career, I have evolved from the slap, slap to the verbal slap. And now I'm trying to not do any of that. Okay. And I'm just trying to reason with you. I try to take people aside and go, hey, this is what you're doing. You know, they talk about the sandwich. This is what you're doing good. This is what you're doing bad. But this is what you're doing good. So please just keep doing this thing. But don't do the bad thing. So I was reading this uh, article leading up to the Super Bowl about yeah. the Rams. And how, you know, this whole idea about corporal punishment. So what, do you the, mean, what do you mean by corporal punishment? So the modern boot camp actually came from the football so after the American football, American football, okay. after um, the war, they recruited all these, supposedly they, the army recruited all these football coaches and the football coaches said, this is how you run a training camp. And okay. then that's became the basis of boot camp. And so there's this idea that, you know, when you make a mistake, they use corporal punishment in, in terms of pushups, runs, running lines and stuff like that. Stuff that they did in the military. They did in the military when you make a mistake. So if you miss the free throw in the game, you're running Nine laps the next okay. day, All right. or even that night. You know, you miss, you you miss, you you, uh, you you do something bad. You're running, you're doing push-ups, you're doing something physical, corporal punishment, breaking your body down as a punishment. Okay, right. And so, one of the interesting things about this Super Bowl is that the Rams were one of the first teams to adopt this biometrics data thing, where um, they they constantly monitor the players. Okay, and they found out that. One of the things is that when you do this corporal punishment and you make them run, you make them do lines and all these different things, was causing them to become overworked. Okay. And so because they became overworked, they would start losing games. So they're getting injured. And getting injured because they're, they're, they're too tired. And so this computer program that the, the, the Rams are using would give them a score and, and, and tell them, oh, this is the day they should be resting. This is the day when they took too many steps. So they really started to measure this, the, the steps. And um, I'll link the article in this podcast. Okay. And it said like something about walking, that they walked too much 
because you know they they did too much exercise. Literally they, walking. Well, no, too no, because they, they're measuring the steps. Okay. So they did too many steps, which caused them to become burnt out, overworked, and then they would get injured. And so they took that from the um, the guy that was their head athletic director was from the English Premier League, and they would uh, they used that, and they the team. Supposedly, I guess the team went like. Um, undefeated and injury-free for the whole year. Wow. And I also read this article about, a, I think it was a basketball team, that this year they didn't do any squats or leg exercises during the competitive season. And this is the first year that they were went injury-free or something like that. So what you're saying is basically that there's this old-school mentality that is using exercise as, like, physical punishment. Yeah. And that that physical punishment... Um, is literally hurting people's bodies in two ways. One, it's making them less physically capable. Yeah. Um, and that that people aren't listening to like the science component of this, um, and and they're just kind of like being Neanderthal about it. Yeah, I mean, but the, this is this is the generation where the NFL is really changing. Like I, I sometimes watch these um, YouTube videos where they go. Like the one I watched was about the. Um, New England Patriots nutritionist, head nutritionist. And they followed him around, and then he's like, you know, going to all these, they have this huge kitchen, and they're making all this food, and he's like talking about the menus and all this stuff. And and then they interviewed like four old players, and then one, one old player was like, oh yeah, game day, loved it. Because we they give us free food, and I can eat all the hot dogs I can eat. And he's like, yeah, every game, two hot dogs before the game. And you're like, oh. gross. And then they showed... Um, this is after Brady left the Patriots, but they showed all the food that they were making. You know, every person has a, a different preference or has a different need. Right. This person, you know, because they can't eat, uh, they need a lot of uh, protein, but not a lot of fat. So they're, they're eating bison. This person is a vegetarian. This person is vegan. Oh, so they're doing, and then they had all these cooks preparing all these meals. And then they show them getting off the bus and everybody's like getting their meals because they, they said in game. Uh, game day, they, they, I want to say that they feed them four to five times. Four but, to five yeah. times on the game day? Uh, but on uh, practice days, only two times. But then, so they have to make all this food so that they're ready to go. Wow. And then compare that to the guy, ah, oh, we get all the hot dogs we want on game day. So I'm curious, this is super interesting. Do you think that there is any component of this, like in the history of our training in terms of using, I mean, like I we talked about the oh, yeah. story of like Suburi when I was late to Yaido. Um, can you think of like any physical punishments that we've had to go through? Well, yeah, people, you know, since it would make us roll a lot, sitting Seiza on the wood, um, a ten, you know, you would have, you would receive a temi from a sensei or a senior student. Um, yeah, all kinds of different stuff like that, uh, that, or just being yelled at, Yeah, you know, dr dressed down in front of everybody. And then sensei takes it out on everybody and then everybody takes it out on you. Right. Which is right. definitely like, the, that's a different military method, right? Right, it's like if someone makes a mistake, everyone has to do push-ups. Yeah, we're all in it together type thing. I mean, we didn't ever, we never had to do push-ups, but I mean, there are things where you were just like, "Oh my god, dude, can you not make Sensei mad?" Right. Can you just can you just do what he's telling you to do? And then it's yeah. I mean, we had to we had to very much try to dodge his anger. Yeah, and so that's the thing, right? If you look at this, how they're really starting to understand. Um, physical performance, what you eat, it becomes really important. And then also, you yeah, know, how, how you train. So Freya Sensei's model was seven days a week, 
you know, you got to be, you got to be here seven days a week. Right. Right. And so a lot of guys train almost seven days a week. Right. But is that good from a burnout standpoint? No. Yeah. And so every person who ever did that only lasts 10 years. Right. If you, if you look, there's most of them only, la- if you, if we were able to, to get the data back from the old days, from my, my era, from the nineties, now that I think about it, most of those people can only let, only keep it up for 10 years. Right. And I di- I never did. I never, t- people always say, oh, you must have trained every day. Not really. Right. So during the summer when school wasn't out, in, I would train sometimes seven days. Right. But there'd be times where I went, went away, partied, hang, hung out, and just come back. Since it would yell at me. Just the that. only person, I mean, I know when I was in law school, I trained almost every day. But I think the only person I know who day in and day out trained every day was Ken. Well, there, no, there were, there were a few in the 90s. Well, there we, were, we don't want to name names. Yeah, no, I know. I understand. Um, but there were, there were a few different people in the 90s that, that trained seven days a week. But think about them. How many? They're, they're not here. Yeah. Well, how many left by 2000? Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. Because too burnt. Too yeah, burnt it's out. very hard to do. Yeah. I mean, so that's the hard part about, like, if you train physically this hard for this long. But, yeah, so it's this idea that seven days a week training right? Is it good for the student to train seven days? No. And then um, when I was a student in the 90s, I trained three to five, sometimes seven, sometimes zero. When I was in grad school, I trained religiously three three days a week, but I trained myself probably, I went to the gym at least five days a week. Yeah. And when I in the 90s, I overtrained because I still did Aikido a lot and I still went to the gym every day seven days a week yeah so it's this idea that corporal punishment albeit good to create adherence could end up hurting the performance of the student right right and some people some people believe that they have to physically suffer i mean there's this there's this misbelief in i mean you you've been a personal trainer before you were a doctor there are some people believe that if they're not in pain yeah they have not there, no pain, no gain. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a certain group of people that believe that. Yeah, if I don't feel it, it must not be working. Yeah, you know, and like that's not that not is not necessarily true either. Yeah, you know, we used to have these two students that used to come. They're teenagers. They trained for a couple of years, not more than that. You know, skinny high school kids over the six feet tall. They're both right now probably six eight. Oh my and the dad told me that. Oh yeah. You know, they don't train anymore, and the, but their dad told me, oh, yeah, they used Ice Cube several times. And I was like, several times? He's like, yeah. And he told me all the different stories, and I was like, but those kids were the most unmotivated. Hmm. Um, they didn't apply themselves. They, you know, they didn't, they didn't train every day, but they still were able to use Aikido. So hmm. we didn't corporal, corporally punish them, but they still got the value of the physical technique out of it. Yeah. So I think we've talked about this before. I think kind of what you're talking about is like um, the, the change in style from um, the taskmaster to coaching. Yeah. And, A little and, bit. And I, the reason why I had to evolve is because I have children, for one. But I just, it's in my heart. I cannot do that to somebody. I can't hit you. I'm so, I am like the, the person who's like so on your side. But I'm so on your side that I'm going to get mad because you're not doing it right. Right. But then in my heart, I have to go like, wait, wait. 
you know, my, my own style is I give you, I, I try to correct you two or three times. And then you get frustrated. And then, no, well, even if I, you can't, you don't do it, then I don't say anything else. Right. Because I understand that you can't hear it. Right. As opposed to fruit sensor, you'd be like, your left foot, your left foot. <laughs> the most famous teaching. Your other left foot. You know what? You should just quit. Right. And dude, I pretty much, it's pretty much 100%. Once he said that, they quit. Yeah. But then, is that what they needed in that moment? But they yeah. just didn't know yet. Right? And so, that's the thing is that we could say something to people to, to inspire them. Or we could say, you know, like we could say something mean which inspires. We could say something mean which which causes them to quit. We could say something nice which inspires. You know, like that's, it's really hard to say what, what is the right thing to say. But why is that the most, probably the most, like if you ask every senior Aikido student who studied in a first sensei, it's almost the letter that everyone can remember that yeah. exchange. But the, if but, you survived it. Right. But that's the thing is that like it's not, it's not the words that are hurting. It's the intention behind it. So one time I had this student, okay, right, and he's a couple years younger than me, and so he's kind of rough with people. And so I took him aside and I said, "Hey, man, like, you, know, you can't be like that. And mm -hmm. you know, your role, your role here is to get. He was already a black belt, um, is to help me with the figure out the next generation." Right. I said, "We're about the same age. You know, we're both in good shape. So I'm probably not going to die before you. And then I'm much higher ranked than you. So there's." no chance of you becoming the chief instructor here. Right. But what you can do is help me figure out who this next person is right. for generation next and train those people. Right. And then later on, all he heard was, you're not good enough to be the teacher here. Wait, wait, we're almost the same age. How are you going to be the teacher? Right. I'm fifth on, you're first on. Like, how are you going to... But that's all that person could hear in that moment right. was, you're not good enough, to, you're good enough, not good enough to be the teacher. Like, what? No, like, we're the same age, we're the same, like, I have more experience. Like, how are you going to be the teacher? Right. You know, there's like six levels removed. Right. Six people would have to die for you to become the teacher. Yeah. Like, but all that person heard was, wah, 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 wah. you'll never be as good, good enough to be the teacher. Wah, wah, wah. You're like, whoa, right? And so in that moment, you, you would have just said, stop doing that. Bam, across the face. Ah, I will stop doing that. Yeah. And then they become afraid of your hand, and then it's that whole thing about the like the dog, dog collar that shocks the dog. Yeah. Every time it runs out of the the yard, it gets shocked. Yeah. And then at some point, you just take the collar off, and they're too afraid to run toward the end because they don't want to get shocked. Yeah. And then they, sooner or later, the hand never even comes up. It's just a look, and the look causes them to go, "Okay, I won't do that anymore." I mean, it kind of comes down to I think that that how one wants to teach, right? Well, yeah, no, it's the spectacles at which one wears. What year is it? I put my glasses on, it's 1920. I put my glasses on, it's 1980. I put my glasses on, it's 2022. Which way you, whatever glasses you're gonna wear dictates how you're gonna teach yeah. them. In 1642, you slap them, right? In 1942, you're still slapping them, right? But in, you know, 2022, nobody's slapping anybody. Yeah. I slap you, you're going to go out and in the front of the dojo going, you know, I got slapped by Ito Sensei and you know, all this stuff and here showing the thing and then the court of public opinion, Dead. you know, kills this place. It's, you know, you got like 10,000 one-star reviews. You might want to go here, but he hits the students. You know, you're like, but, but it, in the confines of teaching, right? So like, that's the hard part. Even though you and the student, even 
made a pact or even signed something that says you can yeah, hit them. It won't, it won't help. It's not the student. It's the residual, the people around them that goes, <gasps> I don't want to yeah. be hit. Yeah. And then they go, I don't want to ever go there. And believe me, I know, I know, 100%, I know that there are people that have quit this school because they're like, I don't want David to beat me up. I saw David beat someone up, and I'm not, I'm not down with that. Because yeah. when I was, when I first became the teacher and many years after that, I was still one of those people. Like, I always talk about this. Like, it was the hardest transition was going from being a warrior to being a teacher. Yeah. You know, the warrior's death is to be cut down in their prime on the, on the field of battle. The teacher's death is to live long enough to ensure that there's a second yeah, generation. Yeah, goes, goes on. And so you have to, like, totally change your focus. I mean, dude, I didn't care. When I was a student, I was like, man, woman, child, old person, young person, they're all getting it because I do Aikido for real. Right. You know, and then you have this whole group of people that hate you. And you go, why do you hate me? And they go, oh, because you did this thing to me. Yeah. So here's an interesting story. One time I went out to a bar with some of the students. And <clears throat> we're, we're talking and this guy comes up the table and one of the students goes, oh, he, he, he's done Aikido. And then... Um, I go, oh, you should come to our dojo. And he goes, I used to be at your dojo. And I was like, oh, really? I don't remember that. He's like, yeah, and I left because of you. And I was all, oh. And then he just went on to this whole tirade about he studied Aikido in Japan, and Aikido's not like this, and then I roughed him up. You think that's Aikido? That's not Aikido. Wow. And, and, you know, and then inside me, I was like, kick this person's butt. Take him outside and work him over. And then I said, no. Oh, man. Listen to what he has to say. Because there could be an element of truth to it. So I just, I just sat there and Gaman persevered and listened. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, I studied with this person in Japan and I do Aikido in the forest like this and then that's nothing about what you're doing. You're just a thug and you're all these different things. And I was like, mm, okay, okay, right? But in my, my mind, I was I'm like, kill just him. kill him. Yeah. But the thing is, I had already killed him. I right? had already done it. Yeah, he, I killed him, he left the dojo. Right. But then we both three people lost out. I lost out. He lost out. And the well, dojo lost out. And then maybe the fourth is Aikido lost out. Yeah. I don't know if he still does Aikido or not. But but that's the thing is that like a, that warrior mentality that I have, which is the same thing. You know, you're not listening psh, across the face. Mm -hmm. Ah, hi, sensei, I'm listening now. But then where did it get me? All my deshis that w underwent the old school way. They're gone. Yeah. And that's why like there's a you know, the joke at this school is don't go upstairs unless you want to get get yelled yeah. at. Yeah. Cause you come into my space and I'm like, what did you say? Yeah. And then I, Rawr! I start yelling at them. You know, I don't beat them up, but I just get I dress them down and lecture them about this. Now today I don't. I just go, Oh, is that, that's interesting. And then I go like, Oh, I should probably talk to them later, I'm not so mad. So I think that was kind of what I was asking earlier, is we're we're you know, we talked many, many, many um, episodes earlier about evolution in Aikido. Like, where is the evolution in Aikido? You know, I, there's technique evolution, there's philosophy evolution. But it seems like for us, uh, some of the evolution certainly is, is in the teaching violence. Like, where the violence is in teaching. Like, we've evolved past um, hitting students, hitting each other. Um, you know, the, the verbal technique in terms of how students are taught, less verbal violence, more collaboration, 
Um, do you think that that evolution um, is benefiting students? Do you think students learn better under this system? I, I talk about this a lot with other people. And when they ask me that same question, I always say, we won't know until the end. Hmm. We won't know in the, until the end if Fruce Sensei's method, strict, rough, is better than my method, which is nicer. Yeah. I don't know how to put it. And so, that, but that's the hard part. We, we don't know. And then what am I really trying to develop? Who am I trying to develop? Everybody in the old days was a killer. Yeah. You know, I, I always laugh and call it, likened it to, you come to the dojo, it's like gladiator's arena. Everybody's yeah. beating the heck out of each other. But then did they develop themselves as human beings? Right. And I would largely say Probably majority not. of them did not. Yeah. Especially as they, be, you know, the ones that are closer to Furu Sensei. Because you didn't, he wasn't really modeling that behavior either. Right. Right. So today I do advocate that people train hard, but then I don't like it when they beat up on each other. Right. Right. Or beat up on people that can't protect themselves. Yeah. Like I don't mind two people going at it. Right. But then I don't, I get mad if they roll into other people, if someone gets hurt or whatever it is, because right. you should have restraint. And what am I really teaching people? Right. Am I teaching, if I slap you, I, I gain adherence. Right. And if you stay, I have now developed a follower. Right. You will do whatever I say because you uh, you don't did you what you hit. say you know, but that's how I'm not I'm not trying to develop people like that. I'm trying to develop balanced, kind, compassionate human beings, right? Through Aikido as a vehicle. So today I don't I, you know when I see people getting rough I just think ugh immature, lacks mm -hmm. restraint. Like when I see like some famous Shihan like roughing people up, slapping people, throwing people into the audience and whatnot. I just think, yeah, that's weak. Because the thing that you're not, we're not, you, if you want to get, you want to be the effective, you want to be effective, all you got to do is this. You're effective, right? That's totally effective. You know, none of this action is, is, is all that effective. You know, like this, throwing people down, not effective. What right? do you mean by that? You, you, the gun is the most effective weapon. It gained adherence right away. What'd you say? Oh, hey. Right, every Steven Seagal movie. Oh, okay, Jack. Whatever you want to say. Right, like that. That you gain adherence right away. You just show them the gun. What did you say? Ah, shows the gun. Everyone just goes, okay, you're the boss. You know, Master Shu's book, um, uh, "Life Is Too Short for Bad Kung Fu." He even talks about that. Like the evolution of martial arts died with the with the firearms. introduction of firearms. And so when that's, that's this whole thing, right? So if we kind of tease out all these different methods, if I slap you, what am I really trying to do? Am I trying to wake you up? Or am I trying to gain adherence to create a follower, hmm. right? So I want to make my life easy. I want an easy life as a teacher. Everybody listens all the time, does whatever I say when I say it. No one ever speaks up against the teacher. Why? Why? Right? Today, I don't want that. Yeah. If I'm going to make a misstep, which I make missteps all the time, I want someone to go, uh, uh, dog poop, watch out. I go, oh, shoot. Yeah. But the old days, you just like, I stepped in dog poop. It's your fault. Lick it off my shoe. Right. Uh, what? And then you're like licking it off. Hype, master, whatever you tell me to do, I will do. I will sit in the rain. I will get do all these things, you know, to, to, be, your, to be your student because I'm trying to gain something. But what are you trying to gain? Remember, you're only fighting from 19 to 30. 
Yeah. After 30, after 40, no fighting, yeah. right? Why? Because uh, recovery time's too slow, not fast enough, all these different yeah. reasons. Got, got family, can't show up to the battle, wife won't let you. Super Bowl Sunday, can't make it to class. All these things get in the way of the, of the battle. So that's this idea of the adherence. It's just, it's just for adherence. But what are you trying to do, right? If I'm going to slap you, there has to be a reason and intention why I hit you so that you'll listen. Well, why do I want you to listen? Well, I want you to listen so that you make my life easier and you become my follower. I'm not hitting you to make you better. I'm hitting you to make my life easier, right? And so that's the hard part. That's things I understand today. Oh, I'm just hitting them to make my life easier. So that's, it's not about that. It's not about the people who are, you're already a lawyer. That means you already have a certain level of drive and motivation to become good at something. Aikido is just a physical movement, so it's, it wouldn't be that hard. But for some people, if they're very young and they don't have developed a system of discipline, they might need more. They might need more, but right. But then they've already been slapped enough. Yeah. Life has already beaten them way worse than, than I'll ever beat them. So if I slap them, aren't I just adding more another pain, layer, more, more, more pain? pain? When really, what they really need is like Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting. All right, bring it in. The guy's crying. They're like, okay, oh, oh, okay, oh, all right, all right. And then he can move on in life, right? So that's the hard part about hitting people. What is the intention? And then, and then when you do it, does the what's the ROI, right? Return on the your investment. You're gonna slap them, but then it created a certain level of exposure yeah. to risk. And then it didn't work. And then you slapped them and they're gone. And you're like, gosh, I shouldn't have slapped that person. Right? So that's the hard part. Even light blows. Because you don't, even light blows because you don't really even know where someone's line is. Yeah. Their line, can, is their line hitting them? Well, it's really Brandishing? It, it's really interesting you talk about lines because what I was thinking of is um, this is not hitting, but um, when you're in the like second, first cue, first dawn when you practice with higher level uh, students or teachers um, you a lot of times I mean I remember especially in the old dojo or earlier time uh, you would get flattened a yeah, lot you pounded on them you get you get pounded um, I mean I remember getting pounded for years just absolutely I mean if I remember first cue it was like when you got to first cue in the old dojo it was like having a target on your back. It was like it was open season. You would get into the dojo. The first you change, you get on the mat. If there was a black belt there, they were like onagashimas. And then for the first next ten minutes before class, you were just absolutely pounded on. And then you start class, and you're like, <sighs> and then they start the class, and then every senior black belt would just come and thrash you for that hour. And then the class is over. They would thrash you for another 10, 15 minutes. And that was like for that whole year. Right. Is that wrong? Well, no. I See, here's the thing. Like, it's probably not right. On the other hand, if you submit to it. Well, but let's see. Like, again, it becomes back. It goes back to the what is our agreement, right? So well, no, I'm reason, trying to think through this. Like, I'm just trying to figure it out. because. But, well, I mean, do you know why they do that? No, I'm not sure I do know why. Because at that certain point. Right, third cue is where everyone drops out. Third cue and third dawn are the or most. Those are the, 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 the touch points. The yeah. da most dangerous uh, levels. Yeah. Third cue, third dawn. At third, both third cue and third dawn have the exact same question: Is this effective? Right. Oh, why do I want to be here? I don't know all these right. different things. And so that's 
I, I'm not sure about other schools, but this school, that's where people usually drop out. Right. So the thing is, is that because you're gonna you're you're got the level of second or first cue, black belt is on the way. So we need to toughen you up. Right. Make you make you into an Aikidoist. Right. Like Watanabe Sensei always says, oh, now your Aikido is starting to look like Aikido. At right. that level is where it starts to look like Aikido. Right. But the thing is that in our school, in our tradition, that was the level where you had to be in shape. You had to be ready for action, ready right. for anything. You had you had to be Aikido at that level. Right. Like they talk about this idea that when you are testing for first on, you're already first on. Right. You not, have it in you. Not you get over the line and then you become first on. When you are first cue, when you're ready for first on, you're already first on, even right. though you don't have the rank because right. they, they, you have gone through the rigors of. So it's being built into you. Yeah, and so you know, like the rough, you would have quit if you didn't like it rough. So after you know, second and first cue is where they they. So beat you're saying you it's up. like it's, you're being forged in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, that's we're not. No one's hitting you. They're just training exactly, really hard exactly. That's what I was, I was going to say. Is I'm just trying to see what the margins are to this because I'm not saying anyone was hurting me. No, I wasn't being hurt. I'm just saying that the level of training for that year or two years, if you're counting second Q, it's it's a level of I don't want to use the word violence, but it had a level of malice. Uh, yes. Well, some people that it had the level of malice, and and <clears throat> perhaps. Yours was a little bit rougher because of how you came into the school. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that. You know, because you came in with another teacher following another teacher and then was left there by your teacher. Right. And then your teacher had like a bad reputation. Yeah. But the point is, is that at that level, they want to know if you really want Aikido. Right. And so they're going to they're gonna train they're really gonna hard. They're going to test you. Today, you could still do that, but now you have to, we have to preface it. Hey, Bill, now that you're uh, second cue, it's game time. Do you want that? You, you, were, you know, we're going to train hard. And then you're like, and you're already there. So you're like, yeah, I like to train hard. Right. Because at this school, I don't know about other schools, but at this school, everybody likes to train hard. Right. There's nobody here that goes, oh, I'm, I just come here for the Yeah, no workout. one's like that. Everybody's trying like really hard. Yeah. And so you have, now you have to have the conversation. Hey, man, now that you're second cue, you know, it's game time, man. We're right. going to get you into shape for black belt. And you're like, oh, thank you. Right. But back then they're like, oh, what rank are you? Oh, I'm second Q. You're staying for advanced Bam. class. I, I am? That's what <laughs> happened to me. They go, you're staying for advanced class. And I go, I, uh, okay. Oh, what's that? And then they go, do you know how to break fall? And I go, no. no. And they go, you do now. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. You know, and you're hitting your leg, you're hitting your thigh, you're, you know, smashing your groin, all the stuff. And then you're like, you're just like, okay. Oh my God. I remember, you probably remember this better than I do. Do you remember when we used to just do... You do cross hand grab and we do the, the cross the handshake break falls. Handshake break falls when you do like fifty. Yeah, at the starting of oh. a, 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 a start of, of instructors workout, <laughs> since it be like no, no warm up, no warm up, 50, 50, 50, 50 break falls, fifty uh, um, handshake break falls, and that's the thing. It's like you had to be in shape. So there was a point one time when uh, Fruisensei was alive and he got mad at us about something, right? And so talk about no adherence. Like he gets mad at us about something, right? And then he tells Mark, Mark T, uh, this class, only Ukemi. Oh, I remember this story. And then I was like this, whatever. No, no problem. So then rolls, break falls, jumping rolls, backer rolls, backer roll stand up, all those things. And I, you know, I was just like rolling around in a circle, back the other way, rolling the other way. It was, to me, I was in shape. And I, my so this Ukemi is was kind good. of us talking about, Natalie and I were watching the Olympics. And I, so... 
I don't understand how this works because like there's certain types of rolling that I can do, but you know when we roll all the way around the mat one direction and then we roll all the way around the mat the other direction like in a big circle like this? Uh-huh. I get a little bit dizzy when I do that. But we were watching the skaters, and I know like you as a, as a teacher, high-level teacher, how do they do like in the in-place multi-spinning without getting dizzy? Well, but you're, they're used to it. So, so you can train your... Yeah, your... like I, I am not in shape anymore, so I'm not used to it. But in the old days, I used to, like, so going back to that story, since, you know, we did four rolls, backward rolls, jumping rolls, you know, jumping over three people rolls, Right, I remember falls, that, sure. Uh, jumping break falls, um, all these different rolls. It was rolls. crazy. I totally remember yeah, it. I have absolutely clear memory of it. And I was, just, and the whole time I was just laughing. I had like the biggest smile on my face and laughing. So I, if, people were, I was getting gassed out. Yeah, I remember. If Friusanti is anything like me, he spies on you. So, right. So he's like, oh, David. And then he just gets mad because he, it, it was... He was trying to punish people. Yeah. And I don't know if he was trying to punish me or not. I don't think so. But he's trying to, if he was trying to punish me, it, it wasn't working. Work, right. Because again, same thing. Corporal punishment doesn't work. Right. So this idea, does corporal punishment work? Sometimes. It, it works in a very specific setting sometimes. So like the door's closed, you and me, I slap you to wake you up. But then if I slap you to wake you up, in that moment, you could go, what'd you do that for? And get all mad. Right. Right. And so that's the hard part. Corporal punishment, does it work? Does you Do you really want... Um, we don't create students like that anymore. Yeah. You know, I I think it's very interesting because um, I I don't know. I think that if you there's definitely a group of us that there's a, there's a badge of pride to be part of the old group. Um, yeah, a little bit because you you made it through something. Yeah. The, Exper- trial by, the experience. The trial by fire, you came um, out on the other end. But I think it's also part of that old group being part of the new group. It's like it's a continuity. It's not right, just but, that we were in the old group. But do you do you have it in your heart to slap anyone? No. See? Then you can't create that continuity anymore. Right? So there has to be a new paradigm. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So no if, one wants to hit anybody. So did you see the movie Whiplash? Oh, of course. So yeah, do, you remember the en- do you remember the ending? No. So the ending is... He's really physically abusive to this this uh, kid. young kid, and the teachers, you know, driving and driving him. And then at the end, the drummer doesn't make, it and he has to drum. And then he drums. He he uh, the teacher kicks the student out of the uh, orchestra. He comes back and fills in to play this drums on the very last scene of the movie, and he does really really well. And everyone says, "Oh my God, how great you are!" So when if you read about the, the conclusion, uh, as people analyze the conclusion, they, they, show, they talk about how the student one-upped the teacher and showed him and all these different things, but it's not about that. They miss the, they miss the point from a traditional training standpoint. The traditional training standpoint is that I, uh, one of the students once told me this thing, and this is what made me understand that thing, is that they say, when I, my, my children were born, he said, just remember this. Parents say yes out of fear and no out of love. Mm. And so when you watch the ending of Whiplash, if you ever watch it, that's the culmination of this whole idea that the, teach, you, the teacher becomes your enemy. Mm-hmm. I've heard this story. And, and because the teacher is your enemy, you'll, you will work so hard to beat that person. Right. Right? But the thing is that the teacher pushes you in a way by making you their enemy 
and then it's it's to help you. In Japanese, they say it's a student has eiji, right? Is uh, is willful, but you have to change that stubbornness and willfulness into konjo, fighting spirit, so that they can use that willfulness hmm. to get someplace in life. So when the the teacher abuses this drumming student all the way to this point of making him quit or firing him. And then he comes back and plays perfectly, and everyone goes, "See, he showed you up. He was you. He didn't need you anyways." No, it's not about that. It's that somebody had to say no, right? Out of love for this person, I love you so much. I will make you good by slapping you in the face. Yeah. But the thing is, ninety-nine point nine nine percent of those people never make it. Yeah. And then you just have this hostility. I used to do Aikido. I hate that guy now. All because you didn't understand that that teacher slapped you for your own good. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I think that it was, it's a great question you asked me. Like, do you, would you, would I want to slap a student or, or would you want to slap a student? And the answer is no. Um, but we, but we, we do not slap them, not out of love. We do not slap them out of fear. I'm afraid if I slap you, you'll quit. I'm afraid if I slap you, you'll go to the authorities. I'm afraid that I don't, hit you because you're going to, I don't hit you because, oh no, I hit you because I love you, Bill. Yeah, but I also think that, I mean, with me, I don't know about other people, I think with me though, this is just between you and me, I think you also don't want to hit me because um, I think just intrinsically, I mean, I wouldn't go to the police, so I think you don't want to hit me because you think it's just not a good idea. I don't want to hit you or anyone else because people hit me. Yeah. And I don't like it. Exactly. You know, like all these things from the past, they come up and they remind me not to do these things. Exactly. Exactly. So one time uh, we had this seminar and our dojo had this policy that the dojo must be uh, always be occupied 24-7. By somebody. So Furiya-sensei lived there, so majority of the time he was there. But sometimes when he would go out, he would say someone has to stay back to protect the dojo. So we had this really long seminar, and uh, Furusensei comes up to me and he said, you're going to stay back and protect the dojo. And I was like, hi. And, um, and you have to wipe down all the mats by yourself. Hi. And then everyone went to lunch. And um, they all went to lunch, and I, I wiped, wiped the mats the mat. down, cleaned up, took the trash out, filled all the water buckets, did all the, all the chores. They come back, all right, class is on. No one brought me a sandwich. No one brought me a bottle of water. No one let me go to the bathroom. Nothing. Because at that time, the dojo didn't have a bathroom. Right. It was since his office. It was his private office. But I used it anyways because I have to clean it. So I know how to use this bathroom. But uh, no one, no one, no one uh, thought of me. They didn't bring me anything to eat. They didn't bring me anything to drink. They didn't check to see if I was okay. Nothing. They just said, okay, ready to go. You know, so that level of um, mental training. F- emotional, physical abuse is something that I don't do to my own students. Today, if someone needs to stay and do something, whatever, I always make a deal. During our seminar once, we had to do something where I think someone had to stay because people were coming that didn't have a key. Mm -hmm. And so this person had to stay during the lunch break. And I said, let's make a deal. You stay. We will um, either bring you back food or you can uh, go and eat during the next class. And right. the person said, actually, would it be cool if I just stayed for that class but then left early? And I said, deal. Yeah. 
And that person, see, that person wins because they wanted to leave early. I won. I got someone to stay in and open yeah. the door. But I didn't just go, you will do this and this and this and just walk away from it. Yeah. Because I, I don't believe in that. It, it, it was so rude when they did it to me. I was like, don't want to do that. Walking again. all these people in bourbon. Oh, man, that was the best lunch ever. And you're like, jerks. Jerks. You know, <clears throat> or another crazy story once. I mean, you know, now, now, now that it's story time. It was really hot. It was like 110 degrees. And we had to do these demonstrations. Was I this just, at the old dojo? Yeah, but it was we had to do a demonstration um, outside, outside the dojo. And so it was at this Buddhist temple. It was like over 110 degrees, and it was so hot. We have to go there early. We had to erect this metal stage, get it all set up. Uh, we, we had to go come back. We had to come back to the dojo, do two hours of class, go back, do demonstrations. Super hot, super tired. It's really hot. At the end of the thing, Sensei goes, you guys have to break the stage down. Height. So a bunch of us were breaking the stage down. And then, I mean, it's super, I mean, it's really over hot. 110 degrees. It's like, we're just dying. It's so hot. All the students are working. And then Sensei and a couple other students walk up and they're eating shaved ice. What are you guys doing? It's taking so long. Got the, got the uh, fruit punch stain on their face. And I looked over and I immediately got angry. Like, like oh because it was so hot and i said i'm gonna get a, a snow cone we're not we're done we're done we get we run over the snow cone place it's closed. closed i almost flipped out but see like to me that was that was um a huge faux pas by a teacher because by western standards or maybe even eastern standards the teacher always eats last or the, a general always eats last yeah right and then here these guys are eating the, the shaved ice going, why are you guys taking so long? No, no, you should do it like this. And I was like, you. Yeah, not good. Today, I would never do that. Yeah. Because it was done to me, I know today, oh, I don't do that. Yeah. I would never, I would always be in the trenches and telling, sending someone, get five shaved ice while we do this. Make sure yeah. they don't close on, you know. Well, I mean, it sounds like, you know, that from your perspective, you know, you know, starting where we started with this question, um, even the even the person asking the question seems to acknowledge that this is probably a practice that doesn't exist in reality very much anymore. It still exists. It's I see it. Uh, well, I don't know. Let's see, 20, 27 years ago, I was at home at dojo, so I guess it would, maybe it doesn't exist anymore. And there was this the Shihan. Who, when he Unnamed. does, I don't, I don't even know his name. I know what he looks like. When he does Tenkan, as he comes over the top, he s kicks out your foot and you do a forward roll. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's super, super smooth. And so I was watching, like, oh man, that's smooth. Uh, he's going around the room doing it to what I would imagine were his own students. And then he gets to this girl, kicks out her leg, she f gets swept and just falls down. She stands up, he just looks at her, doesn't say a word, and just goes, wham across the face really she gets up boom takes forward roll no problem and you go damn i was like this i was like that's cold-blooded core and then my, my mind was all mm, i hope he doesn't do it to me because i don't think he could sweep my leg my legs are too big <laughs> oh shoot but then later on in that same trip there was this old man i can't remember what his name is his name's yama something and he wore like this um japanese underwear which is kind of like linen that yeah i know what they around. look like sure uh, and every morning I would see him there and he would do this thing where he would ten con 
in between classes, he would throw people around and he would do this thing where he does tank on and then he goes like this with his, he stops and he's going like this with his finger and then he goes like that and then you roll. And in my mind, I was, I was like watching and I was like, what is that? Okay. So a couple days later, he goes, like that. At you. And then he goes, does it? He goes, and then his finger's like this and I just go, and I just like, look at his finger and then he just goes, whap, across my face. And then I just like rolled, hey, and then he did it again and I just rolled. So everybody. And he just was doing it like this and then pointing you in the direction he wanted you to roll? Yeah. And then he was like, dirt. And then I didn't go and he just went, bam, across the face. And I was like, ah, okay. And then, so the technique was just like a, a like mental. A like a tenkan. A mental tenkan? It was like a tenkan. And then, he, and then he stops turning and then his hand is still turning. And then he goes like that and you, and you roll. And he's old school. So he's probably like an old sensei student because he's so old. He's wearing like the Japanese underwear. underwear yeah. And you're like, okay. But that's the thing. He's, he went, Rrr! I didn't go. And he just went, bam. And then, I, and then when, he did, when, uh, he, <laughs> when he did the technique again, do you think I rolled? Yeah. Yeah, I rolled. Wow. And then I just stayed away from him. Like, I was like, you know, like, what, I'm not going to. What were his other techniques like you didn't see? I didn't see. But, you know, he was really old and he barely moved his feet. And he was like, you're going to do my kemi. You're, you take, I do kino and I got it. Don't you feel it? No, I don't feel it, you know, because I'm not like <laughs> that. That is a nutty story. Like, for instance, he never hit me. Right. But he did a temi me a number of times. Yeah, aggressive. So one time, he, for instance, he wrote this book called The Tao of Aikido that we never published. And it was like 120 rolls of film. And it was a, it was a technique book. And then, so he was doing this, like, this, like, kung fu fade into a temi iriminage. And you go, okay, David, try it. So then I throw, like, a hook. He parries it. And then, boom, in the forward roll. So he goes, you, you, you know how to throw a hook, right? And I go, yeah, I know, I know the box. So I, like, throw this hook. He, he parries it. And then he goes, like, to my face. And I was like this, wham, right in the face. Oh. He's like, no, you got to roll out of it. Uh, okay. But he was doing it so fast. smoothly and fast that I, I couldn't react to it. So I was like, ah, ah. And then like he, after he hit me like five or six times, he's like, oh, never mind. I'll use, some, I'll use somebody else. So he has hit me with a temi, but since he never hit me. Right, right. He's not, I, he's I did see him hit other people. He wasn't hitting you. He was just doing the technique. Oh, yeah, but I, I seen him hit. I, I seen him slap people, you know. But like uh, like one time we were doing like the Aikikan, I think one where you fade back like this. Yeah. Yeah. And I was doing something wrong. And he's like, no, you got to protect your center line. You gotta and I was just like, I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> and then he parried and then skied me right oh, here. Oh, yeah, I know that story. And then I went, like that. And then immediately when he did, he's like, bam, like that. I went, am I dying? Am I dying? And he was like, you're fine. I was like, oh. But I, it made me hiccup. He, he got so deep. I went, oh, like that. And I was like, oh. Am I dead? Am I going to die? Because it was so s smooth, fluid, and then he, I mean, he had to have penetrated at least an inch or two because it made me hiccup. It made me go, oh, oh like that. It's really scary. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm dead. And he's like, you're, you're fine, and just walked away, and I was all. The, the only, like, I saw two things. The one that I remember the most in terms of, like, physical punishment, I was only late, the only time I ever walked in late in the Ido, one time in my entire life, um, was very early on in my Iaido days. Um, I, you know, I, you know, I live in Orange County, so it's like an hour drive, forty-five minutes early in the morning. But uh, it was one of those things like I wasn't really paying attention, and like 
sensei would always say, like, you have to leave yourself extra time because you're far away. And, of course, I was driving, and whatever freeway I took, there was an accident. It was early in the morning, but still, it was a freaking accident. And so I was, like, five minutes late because it was an accident. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm late. I'm late. I should have just gone to breakfast. I learned my lesson, but I was like, better be late than not show up. Not a good idea. So I walk in, and I'm trying to slink my way. <laughs> like trying to be like yeah. with the wall, right? Dude, don't mind me. <laughs> and I'm trying to slink my way in, and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, crap. And so he's, he's like, go change. So I like, go change. I come down, and I'm trying to sling my way. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just changing. He's like, he's like, like 1,000 Saburi. And I'm like, oh, my God. 1,000 Saburi. So I get there and I'm doing it. And I'm like 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. And I'm around 600. And now my arm, it's like I really feel like my arms are going to fall off. And at around 650, he's like, you're too slow. And he's like, get in the class. And I'm going to tell you, like, if he hadn't rescued me from like the 650, 700, like it, that really felt like physical punishment. And I know like 500 is like, you can do 500 in class. But you know, I was rushing. I had artificially elevated heart rate. You know, when you're nervous, yeah, yeah. and so like it felt worse than it was. But that was the last time I ever walked into an idol class late. I will never walk in. Well, yeah, yeah you learned your lesson, right? Yeah. He created adherence, but with corporal punishment, right? You know, some of the things that since he used to do was make people sit seiza on the wood. Oh my God! Yeah, prisoner style, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're like my knees, my knees. Well, remember he did that in an in in intensive class where. He he lectured for like thirty five minutes, and we're all sitting there. And then he's like, "Irimanage, shomunuchi irimanage," and people are like stumbling, yeah. trying to get up because we've been sitting uh, says off for like thirty five minutes. Not me, man. I I one of my because so because of these corporal punishments, you develop these techniques, right? So adjust. And one of my techniques was every day I sat says yeah. thirty five minutes or thirty minutes yeah. every day, so that. You know, so then when he do stuff like that, I'd be like, there's no problem, no problem. You know, it's interesting. It's like I, I actually find it easier to sit seiza than uh, cross leg for some reason. Yeah, see, you sit up more upright. Yeah. When I was first a student, you know, in the '90s, maybe my first or second week, the Boy Scouts came uh-huh. as we're teaching class. So then, since he stops, we're all sitting seiza. And just starts lecture, talking about Japanese culture, showing them all these things, and everybody's just sitting seiza for a long time, for like probably forty minutes. And the whole time, I was like, "Oh, no one's falling out. No, nobody's like like sitting cross-legged." And I was like, "Oh, oh no, oh!" It's and a like long the whole time, time, I'm just like white white knuckling. Gosh, it. get out of here, you little punks! <laughs> and then. Finally, like they leave, and then says like, "Okay, go." And they're like, oh, "People ah. like, can't get up." Yeah, nobody. I mean, people, but not one person fell out of Seiza. Wow. Went cross like everyone sat full Seiza the whole. It had to have been forty minutes. He can be really. He was really intense about. But he that. wasn't intense. It, it wasn't a thing he said. Like you, you can't do. No, that. no, he didn't. But people really. Yeah, try- well, yeah, because he was talking about. He's telling these kids about self discipline and being a martial artist, and you're like, "Well, I guess I can't can't sit cross legged." Yeah. And then you, I mean, we're just sitting, and mind you, I'd only been doing Aikido for like a week or two. Oh my God, sensei. Yeah, so I didn't even, I was, oh, die, I'm going to die. I was like a 19-year-old kid, I'm going to die. But see, that's really interesting. You're talking about physical abuse, but I'm not sure it really was totally physical no, abuse. People really, tr- like, that was, like, I always felt like, like, if we had to sit seiza, 
I mean, it was harder when I was younger, but like now after doing it for 30 years, like you can sit. Well, some people can't, some people can. But like, you know, once you've been doing it for a long time, it actually becomes easy. Well, that's because the spectacles that you currently wear are from 1990. Right. Which is, oh, this is not corporal punishment. This is training. Right. No big deal. Right. But today, people were, they take off those spectacles, they put these spectacles, they go, that's abuse. Right. <laughs> oh my right. God. Right. Right. Like, you know, had that, you know, it, one, one time Sensei was really, really mean to me. Right. <laughs> because, well, he wasn't mean. Like, so in, the, in uh, 1999, Free Sensei kicked me out for being too violent. <laughs> Too violent and too, uh, too mean. Because I mean, literally, I punched every person's ticket that trained with me. Man, woman, child, old, fat, young, tall, didn't matter. Rough, right? So I got kicked out. And so, um, you know, you, you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. And I spent the whole two years uh, being kicked out, still paying dues every month, uh, reflecting therapy, working on my stuff. Yeah. And when I came back, the only thing for instance to ever talk to me about, about that situation, he said, I was a big risk that I took. Kicking you out. Didn't say anything else. Just, that was a big risk. I mm. took a big risk doing that to you because that punishment, right? He had to say no, but mm. that was the thing which, which set me straight. And that's why when people ask me, how long have you been doing Aikido? I said, I've been involved in Aikido for 30 some odd years. Right, because you weren't doing it. Well, I wasn't doing it, but I had to pay dues every month. He said, if you, they, I was told, if you, if you just don't, if you want to quit, just stop paying dues. We'll, 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 we'll figure it out. They, we'll figure from that you, that, you, that you've quit. And so every month I had to pay dues for, for 18. I was actually out 18 months. Jesus. You know, and then when Sensei asked me to come back, I, was, I told him I'm not ready to come back. I still had too many violent tendencies. And they said, I'll just come back. And I, I, it really changed me, though. And that's where he said, like, the, I took a real risk doing that to you. Do you feel like you were less violent when you came back? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I worked on myself. And then people would come up to me afterwards, like, oh, man, since you've been gone, I've been holding the fort down, beating people up. And I'd be like, oh, my God, oh, please. Shoot. Whoa, whoa, no, no. Or... Uh, someone did you do any martial arts during those 18 months? Uh, not really. Not really. No, I went, went to one Aikido dojo because I was allowed to go wherever I wanted. He said, do whatever you want to do. Go to another Aikido dojo, go do this, do whatever. I just don't do it here. What did you, so did you, what Aikido uh, dojo did you study? I don't want to say what Aikido Oh, okay. Did. I'm sorry. So yeah. did you, did you box during that time or did you practice on your I own? always boxed because yeah. that's how I stayed in shape. Yeah. So I'd always spend time hitting the bag. Um, but when I came back, I started to see the, the, error of my ways like yeah like um one student said to me uh in the dressing room like i want to say it's that week or even that day that i came back he said i just want to thank you and i was for like what? for what he said before you got kicked out every day when i trained with you when i would i would go home and cry and i was like whoa dude i'm so sorry he's like no 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 you taught me what real Aikido is. I was like, oh, I was in a bad place, man. That was, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Hmm. But that, someone told me that. And I was like, and so by seeing stuff like that, you're like, oh, I'm a bad person. Yeah. Right. And so Sensei's punishment, it really helped me. Yeah. But then, you know, he's, he had kicked several people out of the dojo that never really, it didn't, it didn't change them at all. But that's this idea, right? As we come to the end of this podcast is like, is corporal punishment 
necessary. Does it work? Yeah, it works. Is it necessary though? Is it effective? I don't really know. Like I said, putting on the, the, the spectacles of 1990, yeah, it works. Putting on the spectacles of 2022, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Yeah, because it's not, people aren't training. We were trained to be professional Aikidoists. We were trained to be trained. We were training, it was unspoken, but we were trained to be warriors. Yeah. And so you needed that level, right? It was a badge of honor. Yeah, yeah, since they beat me up or since they slapped me. Yeah, part of the group, right? And that's like whenever people would get in trouble and, and, and since they were in the doghouse with Sensei, we, I would always go up to them and be like, welcome to the club, man. Yeah. First time. Won't be the last time, but yeah, welcome to the club. But that's that thing. Like those punishments in those days, it created this immediacy, this yeah. level of training, which I don't even know if I can create without it. But then I don't have the heart to do it to people. And I don't even think Free Sensei had the heart. Because I think in the end, it, it, didn't, it didn't do any good to have been that way. No. No. Well, and it's, like you said, we won't know until the end which one works better. But um, I think that, you know, my, my take on this all is that um, you, you know, you, especially as the leader and the teacher and everyone that has to follow you is that um, there's an ethical and a moral component of this is, we you know, what kind of person do you want to be? Or what type of person do I want to make? Both. Well, but then the thing is that, well, it's like this. As Mr. Miyagi say, used to say, there's no such thing as bad students, only bad teachers. Yeah. Teachers say, student do. So if I'm a bad person or if I'm, um, you know, beating up people, my students will be that way because yeah. they think that's, a, that's okay and they're going to copy me. Yeah. But today I understand that that's wrong. Maybe it's being a parent, maybe it's being a, a doctor or whatever it is that I, it's, it, that's, that's violence. Yeah. And that's, that is not what I'm trying to teach you, you people. I'm trying to get you, you all to be better, kinder, more compassionate, more social. Think of other people. How do I do that? By beating you up. And, and therefore the, the slap today, the slap, it only creates followers yeah. and adherence. And so I don't, it, I'm pretty sure that it doesn't work. Yeah, because the success rate in free sensei's generation is super, 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 super low, ninety nine point nine 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 percent. Slapping or no slapping, it's still close to zero, right? Yeah. So it's ninety nine percent of those people aren't going to make it. So slapping or not slapping them, it's probably not going to work, because you might even be able to do better by not slapping them. Right. Because as uh, they would say, um, you know, well, the, slapping them is. Be, Think about it from that um, Bronx tale. He asks the gangster, is it better to be feared or loved? And the gangster says feared, but yeah. it's not. It's better to be loved. It's better that the person feel strongly in their heart that you help them, and then that's what gains adherence, as opposed to, ugh. ugh. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, I think that this is, you know, not to, to fall back into earlier podcasts, because I know we're trying to wrap this up, but this is very much, I think, about the the trajectory that um, Aikido really has tried to be about in the last 60 years uh, and, and making a difference as a martial art. And so that's this idea of that it, become, it comes back to you and your own self-discipline to be a good student. 
not external discipline which causes me to be a good student. Because well, the cat's away, the mice will play, right? Yeah. And so you're only good as, as long as the teacher's standing there. Right. And so that's why I don't think corporate punishment works in a modern martial arts school. Battle might be a different story, but nobody here is going to battle. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. It's, uh, I mean, I, I look, I think this has been a really great question. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even though we've hopefully evolved past using um, physical abuse or physical strikes, um, as long as there is conflict, there's we are going to have to confront um, the use of force. Yeah. Well, that but that's the thing. It all depends on how, what your training is designed to do. Yeah. You know, and what the uh, legal authorities will allow you to do. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, I think it's a good spot to to wrap up. Um, it's uh, it's great to to get uh, two podcasts in so far this year, and, yeah. and to be on a good start. Um, you know, hopefully more listeners will send us in more questions. Love to please, love to answer questions. Please send us in your questions. We look forward to uh, to answering uh, and doing more podcasts in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm.